slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We have got a lot to get to today. We will be joined by Gary Harding of WGBB Radio and of the New York Islanders Booster Club as we talk all things New York Islanders with Gary and get a little bit of his perspective on the uh, playoff run and, of course, the last game ever played at the Coliseum. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join me this Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. to get in on the action. All right, we have got a lot uh, to talk to. Gary and I had a great conversation, so without further ado, here we are, uh, joined part one of my interview with Gary Harding of WGBB Radio and the Islanders Booster Club. Right now, it's my pleasure to welcome back to the show from WGBB Radio and the Islanders Booster Club, Gary Harding. Gary, great to have you back. Gil, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing well. And yourself? Recovering, but doing okay. Yeah, uh, we've had a few days now to sort of uh, soak in the, the end of the Islanders playoff run. Now that the dust has settled a little bit, your thoughts on uh, what the team accomplished and and why they fell just short of their first Stanley Cup final since 1984. Yeah, I mean, when when uh, you know when the playoffs started coming, you know, the te- as the team was limping in literally uh, to the playoffs, you know, you wondered, you know, can this team kind of pull the magic that they had in the bubbles and 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 do what they did again and um, you know, to a lot of uh, to a lot of doubters. I mean, I wasn't a doubter, but I, I I had my little instincts in the back of my head, wondering, can they do it again? And you know, uh, you know, the expression "prove people wrong" really uh, paid dividends. You know, two one down to Pittsburgh, everybody thought, oh, they're here, they go, they're gonna they're gonna sink, and they come back and win three straight. Down two one, being another serious underdog to Boston, do the same thing, win three straight. You know, down two one to Tampa. You know, and unfortunately fell a little short. And, you know, I really think when you when you sit down now, you know, 72 to 96 hours after the Islanders have been eliminated and, and, and look at it, I, I really think, you know, stride, strides were made incredibly. And I, you know, unfortunately, as it turns out, it was one play short, you know, of, of a trip to the Stanley Cup final. And, you know, um, you can only hope that, you know, that the changes that unfortunately teams have to make in this day and age, you know, that they're minimal and can, can help the team grow and, and improve on that performance. And, you know, last thing I'll leave you with on this, Gil, is that I remember in 1979 when the Islanders lost to the Rangers in the Stanley Cup semifinals. Um, 
and you saw the dejected and distraught and exhausted looks on the faces of Dennis Potvin and Clark Gillies and Brian Trottier. And, and you know, you know, it's, you saw it in these guys. And there was another quote I saw, something like, you, you, you take more out of, out of losing than you do out of winning. And I think, you know, they, they, they got a lot last year. They got even more this year. And it can only, hopefully, if it were if, if the cards work out right and they do the right and Lou and Barry do the right things, could lead to better things as we head into a new world of uh, Islander hockey at UBS next year. Yeah, looking forward to that. And and yeah, I have a, a a question for you. I posed it on the podcast after Game Seven, and I'm I'm really interested in your two cents on this one. If Anders Lee is healthy, do you think they beat the Lightning? If Anders Lee is healthy, and well, I mean, you know, there's always, obviously there's a lot of considerations because you, if Anders Lee is healthy, you don't have Kyle Palmieri or Travis Ajak in the lineup, right? Probably, um, but um, I, I think you'd get a couple of more goals out of your first line, and and I'm not, I'm one that has not, I'm not gone on to the uh, the beat up Leo Komarov until he bleeds campaign. <laughs> um, you know, he did, he had his moments. Yes, he wasn't scoring, but he was creating opportunities, creating time and space for both Jordan and, and Matt. Um, but, you know, ha- obviously having your captain, your leader, uh, your, your top goal scorer, your, your number one man in the slot, um, you know, that makes the composure of the team a little bit different. And, and uh, it's hard to say they'd win, but I, I, I really think they would have had just as good of a run, if not better. Yeah, I I tend to agree with that. What for you was the highlight of this playoff run? Um, I I mean, just just being able to go back, you know, seeing the barn as loud as it's ever, to me, as loud as it's ever been. And I mean, I've been to, you know, Stanley Cup games. I've been to, you know, the 93 run, the 2000 run with Toronto, with uh, Sean Bates and that. All those memories where 16,000 plus were, were screaming as loud as possibly can, and you had a building that that held 75% of that number, and to me it was even louder. And, you know, just the passion that the fans gave to these guys. You know, if you could look underneath the guy's jersey, I'm sure they they had goosebumps times three. You know, uh, and and you know that made a big difference, you know, playing in in front of that crowd. And, um it brought back a lot of unbelievable memories, um, you know, being, you know, the being now at the end of the barn. And, uh, you know, it was nice. I, I'm just so glad and happy that, you know, that unfortunately it had to be the last game ever played there for the Islanders, but I'm glad they won that game. And, and the way they won that game and the way that the emotion came out and the way they, uh, you know, the, the, the beer bottles were thrown onto, cans were thrown onto the ice and, you know, I was mad about it at first, but then when somebody really, you know, got me to think about it, you know, it's like, you know, the the emotion of that game, the way it ended and, and how it ended, you know, fans didn't know what to do. And, you know, they, they responded the only way they knew how. And, um, you know, even the guys knew, you know, knew it wasn't going to be that serious. And, and, and they, again, they fed off of it. And, um, you know, that's, that's what makes – a building great, you know, it doesn't have to have all the amenities and of course our new one will, but it just has to have 
the passion. You know, walking into that building gave gave the fans, a, you know, a feeling into what it meant to be, you know, an Islander. And people that came from other places, you know, friends I know, you know, from all over the country have mentioned that, you know, when they came to the Coliseum, you knew you were in for something because you knew it was going to be a loud, crazy building with diehard, passionate people. And um, I'm going to miss it. You know, I mean, obviously UBS is going to be wonderful. It's going to be a great place to see a game. It's going to be low to the ground, you know, the low ceiling and, you know, on top of the ice and everything's going to be, be amazing, you know, but, you know, it, it's, you know, I, I just hope it, it brings as much of a charm as the old building did. I hope so too. It, it's going to be remarkable and I'm sure eventually it will develop its own character. As far as this team is concerned, as you head into the off season, we have the expansion draft and then free agency, uh, no first round pick in the draft, but they'll be picking some players. Uh, what do you think this team will be able to do as far as retaining their own players and possibly adding some, I mean, they obviously could use some offensive upgrades. Is that even possible this off season in your mind? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right now, when you look at the cap, I think, I think as of right, as of today, they're only about 5.8 million ahead. And then obviously once this, once camp starts, they can apply that six million long-term injury to Johnny Boychuk, which, which is one this last year. So that means you got about eleven million potentially to spend, um, and you got guys obviously like um, Ryan Pulak, Anthony Bovillier, um, Ilya Sorokin, who are RFAs, and two of them. Uh, and Sorokin's not arbitration eligible, but the other two are. So you know they're due. They're going to be due some money, you know. And you got. You know, Casey Zizekas, the heart and soul of this team, is an unrestricted free agent. You know, so you know I, and you know you're going to lose somebody potentially in the in the expansion draft. You just hope that, you know, you can lose somebody that may, you know, you know, I'm not going to use names, maybe a Kamarov or a Lad or somebody like that. You know, take a large chunk off so they can start working with some of these other contracts. But you know, Lou is. Lou's got his hands full, um, you know, and it's really hard to even try to speculate what what they're going to do because, you know, as he said in his press conference today, you know, you're going to, you know, the, this situation, you're going to lose, you're going to lose players of character, you're going to lose players that really meant something to the other guys in the locker room, but, um, you know, you only can hope that, you know, you can retain as much as you can, and, um, you know, put the best team forward for uh, for twenty one twenty two. Yeah, and, and, you know, every year you sort of have to redevelop that chemistry and that character that each individual team has to have. That's for sure. Um, I mean, you know, the good things you hope, um, you know, Oliver Wallstrom had a decent rookie season. You know, he had some signs of, of brilliance. Of course, he had some signs of being a 21-year-old wet-behind-the-years kid. And I'm sure with some maturity and some growth, you know, he'll develop into that role. You, you hope, you, you pray that, um, you know, message was received by Kiefer Bellows and he has the, uh, the off-summer workouts of his life to try to, to try to get a spot on here. You know, you get two kids of that offensive talent, things that you know this team lacked, and you hope that they make enough of the progress that you can afford – the loss of a player, you know, of a different magnitude in the locker room because you're getting youth coming on board 
that will be able to take over those spots. Um, you know, there's a lot of kids coming in the in the uh, in the prospect pool, guys, kids from Europe that are going to be coming over next year. You've got, I, I think, even though Bridgeport didn't have as good of a season, last, you know, in that Michael Shorten 24 game AHL season, there's a lot of talent coming up. You know, coming out of college, coming out of uh, Europe, coming out of junior that are coming to Long Island and will be playing in Bridgeport next year. And, um, you know, Lou has always had a a good draft uh, history, you know, along with the drafts that that Garth made before him. You know, if they do the right thing and get get the right, you know, balance of kids coming up, you know, in the later rounds like he's done it, like Lou's done in the past and Garth's done in the past. You know, the, the the future looks very bright for a long, long time for this team. Yeah, and let, let's hope so. Look, you know right now with Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello that this team is in very good hands. Oh, there's no question. I mean, you know, all the players talk about how the culture has changed here. And, you know, you you see you see it in, in the way some of these guys play that, you know, they'll go through, they'll go through hellfire and brimstone for – for Barry and for Lou, um, you know, I think Matt Martin said it in one of the press conferences. You know, you know that as soon as they walked in, you know, the attitude of this in, this organization instantly changed. You know, to the city nth degree, and that made a difference. You know, I mean, you know, not not knocking knocking down Gar Snow or any of the other uh, people that have that have been here before him, but. You know, it took it took good order and discipline to turn these guys around. And you know, like I said, you know, with with the with these two guys at the helm, you know, there, there's you know, it, I hope that after the results of the last two years, that you know, NHL experts start to realize that you know this team that that plays on Long Island, that this team that has the the home their home on their on the chest of their uniforms you know, mean business and, and they're going to be a factor for a good long time. And, you know, as, as Islander fans, you got to be thrilled about it. You got to be happy about it. Yeah. You're disappointed. Your team didn't make it to the finals, but man, you know, every year it just keep the, uh, the, the, the hopes and the, uh, the feelings get better and better for this organization. And it's about time. Yeah, it, it, it definitely uh, was a long long time in between even playoff series wins and now things seem to be snowballing in the right direction and that is definitely encouraging all right we have more of my interview with gary harding still to come as he'll talk about some of his favorite nassau coliseum memories but this episode is brought to you by the spotify green room app it's a live audio only sports talk platform that's free to download and free to use You could talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time, and it's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. You can come and share your own experiences on the app. It's a free, audio-only social media platform for sports fans, and you can start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. All you need to do is download. Download the Spotify Green Room app at the iOS store and create a profile, link to your Twitter, and join the NHL group. Follow me at Locked On Islanders to be notified when my room goes live, and that is every Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Join me Wednesday tonight, 8.30 p.m., and every Wednesday for some great Locked On Islanders chat. 
Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Did you know Built Bar has nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited-time flavor? And when they get announced, you got to grab them quickly because they do sell out fast. Well, here are some of the great permanent flavors. Coconut almond, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, and my personal favorite, salted caramel. So there really is something for everyone. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box, which will give you two of each of the nine flavors. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein per bar, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com now and use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your first order. That's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And now, part two of my interview with Gary Harding as he discusses his Nassau Coliseum memories. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your memories of the old barn. Obviously, you know, we've seen what is likely to be our last uh, Islanders game at the Coliseum. We thought that in 2015, but we, we had a little uh, bonus hockey, I guess, uh, back in uh, Uniondale. But uh, let, let's start with this. Do you remember your first visit to the Nassau Coliseum for an Islanders game. I certainly do, Gil. Um, I know the date. Uh, November, uh, where is it? November the 21st, 1972. Wow. Um, it was against the California Golden Seals, <laughs> and the New York Islanders won 4-2 to to move their record to 3-13-1. Wow. Um, again, growing up um, – now, I, I grew up starting as a Ranger fan in the late 60s, um, but when, um, you know, when the Islanders came on board, um, my dad had a, a couple of police department friends that had tickets to the Nets, and we'd go to Net games, and um, they offered them tickets to the Islanders, and my dad, you know, we followed the Rangers a little bit, you know, we knew the game and stuff like that, so he's like, you want to go to the Coliseum? It's only 10, 15 minutes away from our house in Levittown. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So... Uh, you know, I don't remember who scored that game. I remember, I remember sitting. We were sitting about fifteen rows, ten or fifteen rows behind the net, and I remember a puck, uh, you know, came whizzing by my head because the, the uh, glass wasn't as high as it is now, and you know, it, it literally, I literally felt like a hair or two come off, you know, because it ended up being like two rows behind me. But um, yeah, it was a four-two win. Um, you know, and I'd go on and off, even though I was following, you know, the, that other hockey team at the time. But, you know, I enjoyed going, you know, to games during the cup run. Who, who would not want to, you know, go see Bobby Nystrom and, and, and Clark Gillies and, and Trottier and Bossy and Potvin and all those guys. Um, but in 1988, I started my season ticket holder uh, career. Um, and there's such great memories. Again, uh, I, I met my wife through hockey, so... She had season tickets on the other side of the arena from me at the time when we were before we started dating, and you know uh, we started going out together uh, during the 1993 run, which was to me up until now was the most fun I ever had going to games because not only were they winning, but the, you know the way they won triple overtime, double overtime, uh, you know uh, Darius Kasparaitis punching Mario Lemieux in Game Six of the '93. Uh, semifinals and uh you know all that excitement going on you know that they were they were fun times but you know but you know gil some actually fun times were were even in the lean years um 
you know, you had your own row, you had your own vendor almost, you know, <laughs> when nobody was going. <laughs> but, you know, but you got to know the players. And, and being involved in the booster club like you know I am, um, it was fun then because the guys were engaging because, you know, right, it, you know they weren't doing well. You know, I think, you know, any, any, any athlete that's struggling in a sport, you know, I think appreciates it more when, when, when the fans – you know, provide some support for the for the guys, and um, the Islander teams of the, of the late '90s to early 2000s were definitely very appreciative of the fan support they got on Long Island. You know, a lot of a lot of NHL players that played here came back here. You know, and why did they come back here? Number one, you know, they knew it was a good place to raise a family. Number two, they knew the support they got from the community was great. Even though they weren't winning, they knew they had the fans there to support them. And that's that's so important. Um, but you know, it always was. It win or lose, you always knew. As I'm sure they knew as a player where they stood with the fans. The fans let you know if you're doing great. You'd hear it up. You hear it up the end. If you weren't doing good, oh, well, they let you know in other ways. But they let you know. And that's you know, you don't. I, I really going to so many different arenas in my life. I'd really you don't really see that too much. And but you see it. But you see it on Long Island because, you know, as you know, Long Islanders wear their, wear their passions on their sleeves. And, you know, for 30-something years, I've so enjoyed games at the Coliseum. I, I enjoyed every, every second of it. And um, I know Scott and, and John have done everything they can to bring somewhat of those memories of the old barn into the new place and, you know, you know, as we said, you know, the bar, you know, the Coliseum was, you know, as they say about Shea Stadium, you know, it was a dump, but it was our dump. But now we're going from the dump to the castle. And uh, I can't wait. Yeah, looking forward to it. What besides the the fans, as you mentioned, letting people know how they felt one way or the other, what were some of the other unique aspects of the Coliseum that made it special for Islanders fans all these years? I mean, like, I can only say about this when comparing to other places. You know, I mean, you know, the things that we know what made the Coliseum so special, number one, you were on top of the ice. You were so close to the, you know, even the upper deck. If you were 15 rows in the upper deck, you were still, I can tell you, 40 to 50 feet closer to the ice than you were in, say, Pittsburgh or Philadelphia or Chicago or Montreal. You know, you're in the upper deck in, in Montreal. You might as well have the oxygen tank with you because you're going to need it. You know, so you were on top of the action. The seats were great. There was, I mean, you know, every seat had a great view of the ice. I mean, obviously, you know, unless you're, you know, right on top of the, you know, benches or top of the glass, you can't really see the whole thing. But no matter, other than that, no matter where you are, you had a great, 200 by 85 view of the ice, no matter what, um, you know, and like I said, the play as the, as far as players, they knew, you know, they, they could hear you, you know, and, and they really could hear you. And, and, and there was nothing more special than, than hearing that horn. I mean, now with the yes, yes, yes. But even then, you know, you're hearing that old horn go off and, and just the euphoria, um, you know, I mean, the building had its foibles. You know, it had the uh, the long bathroom lines. It, you know, when an Islander Ranger game, you couldn't move. And the, and the, and the one 
level concourse because, you know, everybody's on top of each other. So, you know, it had its bad points, but like I said, it was our dump. It was, it was you know, it was, there was a love affair with the, with the building. You know, it wasn't the greatest building in the world, but it was our building and we loved every second of it. Yeah, no, no question. So many great memories that, that I had. Can you pick one game in, in your mind that for you was your favorite moment at the Nassau Coliseum? Hmm. I'm not going to use this year. Um, I would say, I would say the triple overtime game against Washington in 93 when Ray Ferraro won it. Um, that's, that's up there. Um, the two, uh, again, 93 just gives me the most, most, uh, great experiences. Um, the, uh, you know, the two, um, the two shorthanded goal game by Tom Fitzgerald against Pittsburgh. Again, game six game where Darius was punching Larry Lemieux every chance he got. Those are up there. Um, the uh, probably the Sean Bates penalty shot game in 2001 against Toronto. That whole series was just amazing. Um, yeah, and you know. Um, Probably going, you know, I don't want to use this year because this year just tops everything. But I, I would say if you had to put a, a recent one, I would say the overtime win in game, I think it was four. No, it was game six against Washington when Tavares scored in the first minute of overtime. That was an exciting game, you know, and a chance we had it for a game seven against Barry Trotz's Caps. Um, but, yeah, that was that was probably – one of the most exciting moments we've ever had in that building by far. No question. No question. Gary, why don't you uh, tell our listeners where they can get more information about you and the, and the work that you do for the Islanders? Well, thanks Gil. I appreciate that. Uh, well, unfortunately I just had a show the other night on Sunday night where we, uh, myself and my partner, John Panarese, we went over, uh, uh, basically everything with Game 7 in the, in the season and the prospects and stuff like that. Um, but our show is WGVB Sports Talk, which is on 1240 AM and 95.9 FM WGVB. It's on every Sunday from 8 to 10 PM. Um, I am part of a rotating list of hosts um, that I'm usually on once every – usually it's every three or four weeks. Um, John and I go on for two hours every Sunday. Um, if you want to check out the website, it's wgbbsportstalk.com. Um, the, all the past shows are podcasted. Um, you can get the podcast anywhere where you normally subscribe, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, you know, wherever you get them. Um, I also am involved uh, with uh, a Facebook site. Well, it's also a site called Isles Talk. Um, I started it up years ago. My friend Paul Kreischer continues it. Um, but we do, uh, we do some live, uh, we do some Facebook live stuff and actually we're doing one Wednesday night, I believe at seven o'clock. Um, uh, and if you want to reach me on Twitter, I am at G Harding WGBB. That's G H A R D I N G WGBB. I don't tweet that often, but, um, but then again, you know, like I said, Facebook and Niles talk and the, uh, WGBB is the place to find me. All right. Well, Gary Harding, thank you so much for joining the show again. It's always a pleasure to have you. Thanks, Gil. I really appreciate it. Listen, if I don't talk to you, have a great summer. And, uh, you know, uh, keep the faith, Islander fans. You know, it was, it's a tough pill to swallow, but I, I, I promise you, and you can write this down on 
June 29th and 30th, 2021, I still think better days are on the horizon. Absolutely, and I agree, and uh, hopefully we'll find out a lot more about that very, very soon. Gary Harding, thanks so much. You got it. Take care. Islanders fans, this episode is also brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. And look, we've got the NBA playoffs, the Stanley Cup finals, the Euro tournament going on in soccer overseas, NFL training camps just around the corner, and of course, Wimbledon is now underway. And you can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs at Bet Online. Before the next face-off, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. And check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams go on their playoff runs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. want to thank Gary Harding for joining us today. Always appreciate his insights, and uh, look, he, here is a guy who just knows so much about the Islanders' history and the franchise today, and, and just has a great perspective on uh, the closing of the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for us today on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Hope everybody has a great day. Stay safe. Thanks again to Gary Harding. And of course, let's go Islanders.